Hello, everybody. It is the Locked On Big 12 podcast weekly crossover. I am Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12. To my right, it is Linda Godfrey of Locked On Pokes. And then below her, below both of us, it is, but not in our hearts, it is John Williams of Locked On Sooners. We have a whole lot to get to tonight on the show. But first, this. You are Locked On Pokes, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, I am Josh Neighbors of Locked On Big 12. That is Linda Godfrey of Locked On Pokes. And then below, oh, oh, she's gone. Now she's back. Also, John Williams of Locked On Sooner. So a couple pieces of news and notes we have to get to uh, before we get to a lot of Big 12 action tonight. First one is we got word tonight, sad news, but also should be a little bit of a celebration too uh, of a wonderful life lived for John Madden passed away at the age of 85 um, right after his special had just come out as well. They're running it right now. I believe actually on television on Fox sports one once again, but 85 years old, you know, a, a spectacular life live one hell of a coach in addition to being a revolutionary in terms of, you know, in terms of coaching in terms of broadcasting in terms of video games. I mean, John, this guy, uh, this guy had, you know, his fingerprints all over modern football. Yeah, 100%. He had the, the coaching acumen, the creds, and then you throw him on a, on the video game that is arguably one of the most popular video games ever in the United States, at least we're not going to, you know, yeah, talk international with FIFA and all that, but I mean the the Madden name is synonymous with with football. It's it it is video game football. Any kid that is under the age of fifty or any adult under the age of fifty yeah. has played John Madden football at one point in time. I remember my first copy of Madden NFL EA Sports was two thousand and two, I believe, with Eddie George on the cover, mm-hmm. um, and just loved every single bit of it and. I mean, it's, it's definitely sad to see such an icon of the sport pass away. And at the same time, you know, 85 years, that is a long life full of joy. And I think that's one yeah. of the things that he brought to the game was just a joyous um, attitude and excitement for it. I think it's you know similar to some of the things we see about, you know, like Tony Romo. That's why a lot of people love him. Well, John Madden was that guy. He was the guy that brought all the energy all the love for the game and all the excitement and the joy probably at a time when, you know, broadcasters were still very like neutral and uh, right. Mono- I don't want to say monotone, but they were just, they just didn't have a whole lot of like gumption to them. Like not a lot of like excitement in it. It was very, the Howard Cosell style still. Right. And so I feel like he really changed the game and allowed broadcasters to be, to have more personality, be more personable and be themselves on camera. And it, and it just, it was it's such, it was such a joy to watch him on Monday Night Football on Fox. You know that was really where I got a lot of my John mm-hmm. Madden exposure was when he was calling Dallas Cowboys games for Fox um, with with Al Ma- Al Michaels in the early two thousands. And yeah, it, it, there's there's nobody that's ever going to be better than him. I'm going to say that because he completely revolutionized what it looks like to televise an NFL football game. Yeah, you know, that's been a sentiment I've seen a lot from a lot of people. Um, Bamani Jones made a really good point where he was like, look, a lot of people recognize, like, a lot of people complain nowadays about color commentary because 
the the color commentators now aren't John Madden. And the number of clips that have been floating around the internet, I mean, uh, there's the one where he's talking about the buckets of water and he said there's a mother bucket, there's a there's a daddy, you know, daddy bucket and now they have a child bucket and he's like all these buckets are going to be dumped on certain people drawing lines. And, you know, there's times he drew he drew a circle around somebody's head that had ste- I forget which Cowboys player it was steam coming off their head. And he's like, you can grill some meat on there in the middle of a playoff game. And it's like, who thinks they're doing this stuff? This John Madden does. Yeah. John Madden thinks he's doing this stuff. And this, that's why it's like it's really sad he's passed. But this is the legacy that he's left is people smiling and laughing and enjoying football. And also, I mean, you know, I, I don't have, I can't speak to this. I didn't watch a whole lot of his teams play, but like, go look at his coaching record. Yeah. If you want, if you want to check his bona fides, he's a world champion coach and he won a lot of football games, a lot of football games too. So not just the fun stuff, Linda, we're, we're, we're talking about John, John Madden's legacy, but also, you know, too, I mean, you're a big fantasy player. There's a certain element of like, the video game stuff kind of leading into fantasy, right? There's video games kind of help do that. You know, how many yards could this guy put up in a season? How many yards could he receive in the in one season? All kinds of stuff like that. It's part of an, an impetus uh, for this Madden video games, you know, with the ultimate team and whatnot. That's kind of, it's yeah. kind of, it's important for that. Before, uh, before fantasy football was the male dominated field that I wanted to take down. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, I worked at GameStop. It was my very first job. So I did, uh, I spent a lot of time with Madden, the video game from mm. like every year, you know, Mike, you have 25 cents for it. And I'm really sorry, but that's where we're at in negotiations. So it's uh, <laughs> like, Oh, three. So, but I spent a lot of time with, with the uh, Madden football game. So he's, he's for sure imprinted some very important stories on my life just through that. So. Yeah. And, and I think, I think with the Madden game, it's like, look, like we all know Madden was not sitting there like developing the game, writing code. We're all familiar with this, but like the video game is named after him to give you any idea of how influential he is. And I, I grew up, you know, the sounds of him calling the games and whatnot. So, um, y- you know, wonderful, wonderful human being by all accounts. I'm glad he got to see his special. Hopefully got to see his special pop uh, on television. Hope you got to see that. And it was, it was awesome that he was able to be a part of that. So, uh, you know, obviously we, his family, keep them in your thoughts right now, but uh, a, an excellent life live and one that he gave so much. There's so many people that he had never actually even met. All we right. Didn't even, we didn't even touch on the turducken. Yeah, the turducken, which is like, like all time great. I mean, here's the thing. They also spawned one of that. the greatest comedy runs ever from, from yes. Frank Caliendo, yep. who, you know, who like absolutely capitalized off John's, uh, you know, his comedy and, and a lot of his unintentional comedy. And the thing is, John, John had a lot of actual comedy, unintentional comedy and knowledge of football, which is like this amazing trifecta that I think people really like. And that's why it's like, there really hasn't been anybody since him that brings those things. I mean, people love Tony Romo, but like, I don't find his unintentional comedy endearing. Like some people do, I guess. Like I find his like, like with John Madden, everything always kind of felt under control. With Tony Rumble, it's like, oh, Jim, Jim. It's like, Tony, we gotta, we gotta dial it back a little bit here. John's always like, here's, I'm, I'm gonna draw on the screen what's funny, and you're like, this is great. I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying the hell out of this. Tony well, Rumble, I don't like it as much. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's like everybody's uncle or yes. grandpa. You know, I think that's what everybody like grew to appreciate about John Madden is just a guy that was just who he was and and someone who just loved the game and you enjoyed watching him watch football. 
Like, yes. how great how great would it be to have like Manning cast, but with Madden on it, where he's right. just like sitting there on a couch, you know, with his whatever he drinks, just sitting there watching football and talking about it. Clicker like, in hand. Yes, man, that would have been so right. great. Um, maybe maybe in the next life. Yeah, maybe in the next life once once we all join him. I uh, hope we all join him upstairs, depending on our good deeds and acts, or if you believe in that kind of thing. All right. Uh, shout out to our sponsors real quickly. Our friends at Built Bar. Go to Built.com today. It's Built.com. Check out their line of Built Bars. Now is a great time because guess what's coming, folks? The new year. So it's resolution season. And part of your new year resolutions for getting healthier can, or if you just want a delicious treat, uh, Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that is the best one out there right now. It's good. It's good for you. It can replace candy bars. You know, if you're trying to move forward in 2022 without that kind of thing, it tastes like a candy bar, but it's a lot better for you. You can find their collection right now at built.com. Go to built.com, promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCKED15 for 15% off today at built.com. All right, so I'm going to break this thing up a little bit here because uh, there's going to be a little something for everybody here in the Big 12 world with, with this podcast. So let's start with the game we just had tonight. Texas Tech took Mike Leach's ass behind the woodshed and beat him to death. Beat it to death. Mike Leach talked a whole gang of shit this week about how he's owed money and the university is a whole bunch of stuff. And look, I don't know the, the truth of that. It was over a decade ago. And I think some people would just like for Mike Leach to let it go. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm not sure if Texas Tech heard any of that, but I do know one thing. Sonny Cumbie is very familiar with Mike Leach's offense. And we all saw Texas Tech this year. Uh, John, you saw them. Not great when it comes to stopping passing offenses. Tonight, quite the performance. 34-7. to seven. Texas Tech has nine and a half or 10-point dog, depending on where you saw it. They take Texas, they take a Mississippi State behind the woodshed and get win number seven on the season, despite the helter-skelter nature of their season. So pretty impressive stuff, John. Go to you first. Texas Tech starting the Big 12 season off right with a win. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, actually. And I think it's going to do a lot for the conference. I mean, you know, a lot of, we hear a lot of times the SEC teams talking about, well, it was a bowl game. It didn't matter. But you know what? This stuff does matter in a sense that recruits see this. Like they see, oh, this is the SEC just taking a stomping at the hands of one of the middling teams of the Big 12. Like, I mean, I can't remember where I had Texas Tech in my final power rankings, but they were like probably six or seven. It was pretty far right. down there. I mean, it was a miracle that they got bowl eligible had to go on a little bit of a run toward the end of the season. What they're doing to Mississippi state is pretty incredible. Like this isn't just like they they're winning a game. They're stomping on one of the, the better, you know, five, you know, six, seven best teams or the sixth or seventh best team in the sec. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. And I think it's just a, a good sign for that team as they head into the off season with a whole lot of renewed energy uh, with Joey McGuire coming in and a new staff, I think that's really big for for Texas Tech to be able to build off that moving into 2022. Yeah, and you know when this also kind of gives you appreciation for what Oklahoma State and Oklahoma did to Texas Tech this year a little bit, right? I mean, both those teams beat them pretty badly. Oklahoma with the offense, Texas Tech with the defense, and look, I think this is a really positive sign for Texas Tech and Joey McGuire, like. Th- there is no, I know Mississippi State was missing some guys, but 
this is Donovan Smith, who is the second or third quarterback, depending on how you look at their depth chart. This is Sonny Cumbie, who is an interim head coach, who has already taken a job. He's already he's off to Louisiana Tech to be their head coach. At, you know, now this game is over. He's go, just going final thirty four to seven, uh, final score there. No Eric Azucama, who is going to the NFL draft, and we hope he does really well too to represent the conference. But this should have been the other way around, right? It's kind of what this feels like. Yeah, I literally said on yesterday's show that if Mike Leach got the chance, he'd run the score up, and then it ended up being the exact opposite situation, which I love to watch. <laughs> I'm not I'm not a big Mike Leach fan. I'm pretty over it as a whole. Um, so it was I, – I like to watch that. Now, I took a nap in the first half because I was exhausted, but I did wake up in time to see the sideline tackle that ended in kind of some pushing and shoving, which – I know you're not supposed to cheer for, but I like that's part of I, I like that passion in watching this. Play. Oh, yeah, I get like it. I'm like, but maybe a little push of a seven. Well, so, Linda, let's not you forget can tell their, their, last, their bowl game last year ended out ended up in a brawl with Tulsa. Yeah, well, that's not great. You don't want to do it too many times, you know, right. But yeah, but it was uh, I, I like to see that passion. They clearly wanted to hand it to Mike Leach and they did they won on every side of the ball special teams offense and defense so it was great to watch yeah John you know it's really interesting this Mike Leach thing is like it wears really thin really fast because like and I know he gave Texas Tech so many successful seasons I mean his bowl streak there was pretty incredible um but besides that, it, it's worn thin in some of the places that he's been just because of the personality. Also, here's a problem. They don't adapt at all. They do not adapt. They do what they do all the time. And that's why Jimmy Lake, who is the former Washington coach, said our easiest game every year, and this was him as a D.C., is playing Wazoo. And this is while Mike Leach was there. Do you know why? Because they don't change anything. Like you don't have to up the game plan or anything. And I think his, his unwillingness to adapt in both his comments about things off the field and some of his stuff on the field, that's ultimately what shows he's got a very clear ceiling as a coach. Yeah. The quirkiness is great, but it, it definitely wears thin if you're not winning, especially if you're getting stomped on a national stage in a bowl game like this to end your season, it's not going to, you know, bode well for those that are Mississippi State fans and donors to see their team just go out and get embarrassed by Texas Tech like this. And so, I mean, Patrick Kahn, who's a friend of, of the Big 12 shows mm -hmm. and uh, former Long, Longhorns host here on Locked On Network, he just texted me. He's like, ha, 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 suck it, Leach. So if that gives you <laughs> any indication of what Texas Tech fans feel about Mike Leach at this point in, in his history, uh, despite all the great things he did for Texas Tech, I mean, it, it goes to show just how quickly uh, his act grades on people or grades on people, I should say. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, Linda, because like he he said this stuff yesterday about, you know, we should all be able to move on and celebrate the good times that we had together there. And it feels like he was kind of reopening salt in the wound for those people in West Texas who are like, they have a positive view of him. They are thankful for what he did. Now, when he brings the stuff back up and won't let it, won't let everybody move on, that's kind of when th that's where it's like, Mike, just stop. Like, dude, we respect you. 
it's the same thing that Aaron Rodgers is doing every time he goes on Pat McAfee's show <laughs> the last several weeks. Like, we're not talking about him anymore. And he's like, people can't quit talking about it. We've <laughs> moved on, buddy. Like, we're we're trying to move past it. Quit bringing it up. I, like, the way he handled a kicker missed a field goal over the season. And he, like, in the press conference afterwards was like, you know, we're holding open tryouts. I'm sorry, but these are chill. Like, if, if I heard a coach speak about my kid that way with, like, just – disrespect like that i know you're supposed to respect your elders or whatever but like you don't respect me i'm not going to respect you back regardless of how much older you are than me and i think he handled that poorly i think he handles a lot of things poorly and tries to play it off as like uh, i'm so funny though and i'm like right. sure, it's not <laughs> funny anymore I, it's like a reverse Mike Gundy, like the I'm a man, I'm 40 thing, right? Was in defense yeah. of the player, which he was too far in that. But Mike Gundy, I, uh, Mike Leach has a lot of, this is not the only instance where he has gone after his players, right? We have the I fat girlfriend's comment. Remember the co- fat girlfriend comment a while ago? He said his players are too worried about their fat girlfriends. He oh, said yeah, earlier this year, he wished social talk. media would be gone or whatever. And it's like, dude, he just... Man, foot and mouth all the time. And never, this guy is, you know, you rarely hear, hear him back his players. I mean, the worst story about him is allegedly locking, you know, Craig James' son in a hot shed at Texas Tech. And it's like, when is this guy really, when we really felt like it, ah, Mike Gundy, at, uh, Mike Gundy, Mike Leach at bat for his players. Never. It, it never we never really had that conversation. Uh, anybody else want to have any final words on Mike Leach before we move on? No, it's probably time for him to go back to a coordinator role and just, live out the rest of his coaching days in the uh not in the limelight you know backstage for some i think school like texas tech or wazoo is perfect for him but the problem is it just like he said you just said just he grates on you and grates on you and grates on you and grates on you and so eventually like they'll keep going seven and five six and six but we saw it this year Ole miss handled them i mean Ole miss handled them pretty easily and if you see teams like that every single year they're gonna adjust and start beating yeah, that was what his life was like in the Big 12. I mean, yeah. he had a couple of really good years when he had really, really good talent. But when the talent was not elite, like a Michael Crabtree, then or Patrick Mahomes, even when in, or sorry, Patrick Mahomes, that's so dumb, right? Um, but I mean, he he Graham had, Harrell. yeah, Graham Harrell. When he had elite talent, he could kind of get himself up into the top four. But again, like you said, his ceiling was capped. Um, anyway. Uh, all right, one more word from our sponsors before we move on to some other bowl games. Today's show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Locked On. You'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit 100 bucks, they will uh, give you an extra 50%. So if you deposit 100, they'll give you an extra 50 to play with today. Uh, F1 is going now, but if you want to bet some futures F1, futures on baseball, College football, college basketball, NFL, NBA, NHL, whenever it returns, UFC, boxing, all that stuff you can bet on at betonline.ag. Today, once again, promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on. Uh, West Virginia is playing Minnesota right now, so we'll have more on that game tomorrow on tomorrow's show. I'll, I'll touch on that. But your all's teams have some games coming up here. So, uh, John, I will start with yours. That we've got Wednesday night. This will be out on Wednesday, so people will get ready for this game. Uh, the Alamo Bowl is coming up between Oregon and Oklahoma. It's most interesting because this is the interim coach bowl, but like also, you know, it's two pretty significant figures coming in. Brent Venables, uh, obviously much more of a longer tenure as a known defensive coordinator. Dan Lanning, the young kind of gun going there. 
Uh, one's got a transfer quarterback coming in that we know in Bo Nix. The other, hoping not to have their quarterback enter the transfer portal in Caleb Williams. So tell me what you're looking for in this game. Kind of give us an idea of, of what you think uh, might go down. And I'm looking right, searching right now. I believe the Sooners are a let's see, six and a half point favorite as it sits right now. Take on the Ducks. Yeah. So just initially, I, I'm taking Oklahoma minus the points in this. I mean, Me that too. might be the homer pick, but I just feel like from a statistic, a statistical standpoint, Oklahoma is just a better team. You look at it across the board, they're just more efficient offensively. They do a little bit better defensively. They're better in the red zone, better on third downs than Oregon is. Oregon, yeah, they they, they went through the same kind of transfer or interim coach turmoil that, that Oklahoma, Oklahoma has. At the same time, they didn't necessarily have a guy like Bob Stoops who could step in and kind of reinvigorate the program in the interim. Um, this is a team that I think they're wanting to play this game and win this game uh, for Bob Stoops and for the program, for themselves, just mm-hmm. with all of the um, controversy and all of the roller coasters of emotions that went that they went through uh, a month ago. They're ready to play some football. You hear him talk about it like a school, as soon as school ended, they were just like, we're about football. We're about going to play this game. And, and they're into it. They're eager to play. I, I really think this is going to be a great game for Caleb Williams. Uh, he's going to have most of his receiving targets there. Austin Stogner went to the transfer portal, but he's got everybody else, and that's going to be huge for him in this game. Uh, and not having to play Kayvon Thibodeau for, on the Oregon side of things, that's going to be a huge benefit to them. At the same time, Oklahoma lost three of the four starting defensive linemen to mm-hmm. the who, de- who declared for the NFL draft. That's going to be huge. So I'm really looking forward to watching the young guys on the edge, Ethan Downs, Reggie Grimes, Clayton Smith as well to see what they're able to do with a little bit more snaps available to them in this matchup. Also looking forward to seeing like a Brian or David Aguebu, Danny Stutzman getting some of Brian Osamoa's snaps as he also declared for the NFL draft. So it's going to be really interesting. I'm, I'm just looking at this one as an opportunity to evaluate some younger guys mm-hmm. and hopefully this time next week, we have a little bit more clarity as to Caleb Williams future. I think most people who follow the program are leaning toward him staying at Oklahoma. But again, these are high school kids making decisions about their potential NFL futures. And so you never know what's going to happen. Sorry, high school kids, college kids. I am all over the map today, guys. I don't know. It's all good. It no is. worries. It might have been just the four-hour sleep I got last night trying to trying to record my show and, and struggling because my kid got in my bed and so I had to sleep in her bed. It was terrible. Anyway. Father of the year. Yeah, man. This is this it has been a rough one. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. It's great that we're going to have at least one more football game left, even if it is a little bit more of an exhibition game. I'm just looking forward to watching football because it's going to be a long nine months without college yes. football. And I think it's an important it's important for Oklahoma to end on a good note. I, I will say this. Both these teams are coming off losses. Oklahoma's loss was not as pronounced in terms of, of, of scoreline, right? I mean, Oregon was last seen taking on the chin again from Utah. And I think the point you made about Bob Stoops, Stoops is correct, right? I think there's obviously been a lot of communication, you know, Brent Venables, Bob's the type of guy. I feel like they would go to Brent Venables and say, Hey, look, like, what do you want here? Like, is there anything you need to see in this game before? And these guys in particular, you want out there. I think he's that kind of coach. Now, obviously I think Brent's somebody that would kind of let him do his thing, right? He's not going to try to infringe on that too much, but you know, I think the communication lines have been good. I think that program's in a really good spot. I don't feel the same way about Oregon. I think they're 
they've had two coaches leave. The, ba- the last two coaches they've had have left to take jobs in the East Coast. Um, their status as an elite team on the West Coast is in danger. I think they really want to get to the, well, as the elite team, I should say, on the West Coast, right? With Lincoln Riley going to USC, that puts that in a little bit of jeopardy right now. To me, I, I think there's a whole lot of licking their wounds and wanting to get to the offseason. While Oklahoma, it just seems that there's a little bit more positive momentum, in my opinion, at the end of the game. Is that your reading the situation? It just feels, and that's, and this was a week seven game between Oregon and Oklahoma. We would not be, obviously, circumstances would be different, but we wouldn't be talking about positive and negative momentum. But that stuff tend to matters, tends to matter in these bowl games. I think you saw it tonight. While there's been some disarray with Texas Tech, the momentum they've had has been mm-hmm. positive as a program heading into the game. People are like, oh, this team's giving up. No, if you watched them the last part of the season, they almost beat Baylor. And they did beat Iowa State on a last-second field goal to get themselves to a bowl game. There was, there was no quit there. They were not quitting any way, shape, or form. Oklahoma, while they've had some guys opting out, with Bob Stoops the helm, with BV coming in, with kind of a chance to, you know, getting Jeff Levy, trying to re-woo or woo Kayla Williams, there is a bit more positive momentum there, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a lot of energy, I think, on both sides of the football. On the offensive side, it's a lot of the same assistant coaches that are getting them ready for this bowl game. And I think the guys that are there, they want to show out well for those guys. You know, the the DeMarco Murrays, the Kale Gundys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Joe John Finleys, these guys who really held the program's recruiting efforts together in the interim between Lincoln Riley leaving and uh, Brent Venable stepping in. And so I think there's a lot of energy. And I think even on the defensive side of the football, we saw a lot of those assistants that departed for new jobs. They came back to help coach the team through the the bowl game, uh, whether it's contractually obligated or for the kids, whatever you want to say, they're doing it. And I think that that matters to the players. The, the players have seemed to respond to that. Is there a little bit of awkwardness? Sure. But they're ready right. to go out on a good note. And there's a, there is a lot of excitement about the future. The, the Brent Venables hire really reinvigorated the program, even though he's never had a head coaching job before. He's an Oklahoma son. He's a guy that is, I mean, he's not from Oklahoma, but he's a guy from, he's, he's an Oklahoma guy. Like he's a Sooners guy. And I think everybody's just really, really excited about the future. All those guys that are planning on coming back next year are really excited about it. The recruiting class is looking really strong all of a sudden. And so there's just a lot of really positive vibes heading into the off season. And I think it's going to start with this Alabama bowl win. Uh, Linda, do you have any, uh, you want to give us any opinion you have on this game and also give us a pick if you will. Uh, Bob Stoops said that, did you guys see the uh, part in the interview where they were like, what if we dump tequila on you instead of yeah, Eddie, Eddie asked him that, yeah. <laughs> he said, um, what is the administration going to do? Fire me. And I was like, <laughs> this is my dude. Yeah. Like don't waste that much tequila. I'm not for that. I'm not for alcohol waste, but I did find that very entertaining. I like Bob Stoops a lot. I didn't like him when he was the Oklahoma coach because you can only get beat by one guy so many times before <laughs> uh, some disdain starts to build. But I mean, he never, there was never any actual issue. It was just like, you know, I'm tired of seeing his face. And so like now that he's been in the booth and I really have started to enjoy him a lot. So mm. I'm pulling for Bob Stoops. I, I like watching big 12 teams whoop ass in uh bowl games. So even though it pains me, I'm like, I can't actively cheer for Oklahoma, but I do think Oklahoma wins Oregon's without a lot of their starting players. And I know uh, Oklahoma lost a couple, but I think Oregon definitely 
saw a bigger hit in terms of uh, starters not playing for their bowl game. I think it'll be a pretty easy win for Oklahoma, and I think they probably need it after everything they've been through this offseason. John, worse or is it going to be worse than last year's game against Florida? Is is the uh, is the tail whipping going to be worse? Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh, wow! That beatdown wow. of Florida was pretty impressive. Um, yeah, I, I will say that you know Oregon, like like Linda mentioned, Oregon's coming in to this thing limping a little bit more because of the COVID protocols. That you know, I feel like they said yes. something as many as thirty guys potentially out. I mean that that that's a huge toll on a program, and even though you carry you know ninety guys or more uh, in your in your program, that's still a huge hit to your depth. I mean, guys that are playing special teams that are playing on your your rotational defensive units, like that stuff matters. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Bob. I mean, maybe Bob Stoops is going to run around with the score based on what happened in two thousand six. I just don't know if that's going to be the case. I I just think that this is going to be a team that's going to be ready to play and fired up to play. Um, you know, the, the Oregon interim head coach said that their guys are going to be ready. Whoever's going to be available is going to be ready and going to give it their best. And I think they will. I think they will. I just think that, yeah, like Oklahoma's com- offense is completely there aside from Austin Stogner. Right. You know, and so like they were clicking against Oklahoma State until the second half. So this is a team that's still really, really good on offense. And we've seen Utah or we saw Oregon struggle with pretty decent offense in Utah. And so I think this is going to be a really, really good offensive game, offensive performance for the Oklahoma Sooners. And and you do predict that we are going to see Caleb Williams stay at Oklahoma, correct? Yeah, that's that's where I'm heading. If uh, yeah, that's that's the way I'm leaning right now. There are going to be plenty of people in the comment section tell me I'm dumb about it, but it's cool. Yeah, I'm over that's you. Great. I'm over you, USC yeah. fans. But thank you for watching. Yeah. I appreciate all the USC fans <laughs> that have been tuning in to Locked On Sooners on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the next game. Now we have to talk about that is going to be the PlayStation. Fiesta Bowl. That is between Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. The Irish are two and a half point favorites. The last time I looked, this one is going to be a uh, what is this? Is this a New Year's Day game? One o'clock on the ESPNs. Um, why aren't they on ABC? As opposed to Iowa and Kentucky, I don't know. TV things are really weird. But Linda, how are we feeling? As we head towards this bowl matchup, I think there's a lot of motivation on the Notre Dame side. Obviously, you want to show up for your coach, Marcus Freeman. The issue for Oklahoma State is, look, I know you've lost the the, the upsetting Big 12 championship game. You're still in your sixth bowl, still playing a really good team. Um, Make sure there's no carryover. Also, what's the defensive coordinator situation heading this game? Is it a, a tryout potential situation? Uh, kind of give us the lay of the land for the pokes right now. First of all, I love Marcus Freeman. I love that hire for Notre Dame. I have said since we got this matchup in the in the bowl game matchup that I was going to be bummed to hand him his first loss, but somebody's got to <laughs> do it. So I'll take you know I'll take the burden. Um, yes. Joe Bob Clement sounds like he is going to be the interim DC, kind of calling plays. That's the guy that I've been hoping if they're going to hire from within. That's who I'm eyeballing. I really like him a lot. He's been there a long time. Uh, he's the defensive line coach. Obviously we've seen how well the defensive line has played the last two years. So I really like him. And it sounds like the players say that he's just stepped right in and done exactly what they've asked him to do, 
Mike Gundy's already said they weren't, I mean, several weeks ago, he said they weren't going to announce a DC until after the bowl game. So I do wonder if it's kind of a tryout situation, but all these kids want to play. They never felt like they were, I don't think there was a part in the season where we felt like we ever got the respect that we deserved. And obviously it ended on a low note against Baylor in that big 12 championship game. So now we're still in this perpetuant, like we just want to be recognized for how good we are. I think Malcolm Rodriguez is going to come out and play fantastic. We've had four people enter the transfer portal. I think Desmond Jackson isn't playing in the game and oh, maybe one other player that isn't going to go to uh, the bowl game and play. But for the most part, we seem to be pretty healthy and, you know, we don't have any players yet that if we have a ton of guys that have one more year of el eligibility on that defense that have not made a decision about the NFL draft that are going to play in the bowl game. So I just hope I just hope they come with fire and they they want to kind of put that Baylor game fully behind them. I think they will. I think they want to prove themselves. So that's what I'm hoping to see. Do you think this game impacts at all some of the impending decisions that a couple Pokes players have to make about whether they're going to be returning next year or not? And a lot of them, it's either the NFL or staying put, not transferring elsewhere. I mean, I'm talking most about the defensive stars. I think it's, I think it might come down to, yeah, how well the defense runs now that, uh, you know, we lost Jim Knowles. Still, the sting hurts a little bit. Mike Gundy talked about how different it was in the locker room, just missing his character and his personality and who he was as a coach, which is a, a thing that all the players loved so much about him. But I, I do think if if the if Joe Bob Clements does end up getting brought up and being the defensive coordinator, I think that would go a long way for some of these guys to come back. You know, I don't know that Carby Colby Harvell Pill needs to come back for another year. I don't think he does. <laughs> but but uh, you know, he hasn't made a decision yet or claims he hasn't made a decision. Whereas a guy like Bernard Converse, I think probably does need to come back a year. He played fantastic football this season. He had a lot of really well passed, like really well executed pass breakups, but I do think he probably needs one more year of film. He's another guy that said in press conferences he hasn't made a decision yet. But I am uh I'm excited about, you know, we had early signing day. It went well. We haven't yeah. lost a whole lot of a whole lot of very important players to the transfer portal yet. So I'm hoping that kind of that trend continues as we uh head into full off season. One more question for you here. Uh, you know, do you think it's important that Spencer Sanders plays well to make sure that there is not as many questions being asked as we head into next season about that Oklahoma State quarterback situation? I think Spencer Sanders was he had a stretch in the middle of the season where he was playing some of his best football as a cowboy. Unfortunately, as with most things, recency bias is a very strong it, it works in your brain like a way that you can't control. And so right now, the only thing people remember is the three interception game against Baylor in the Big 12 championship on top of the fact that he had or four interceptions, I think, in the Big 12 championship. And then another yeah, three four. and then another three when we played Baylor originally. So I think that's weighing on people's minds more than the rest of his season, which I think was one of his best. You know, I hate to be that if you take this game out guy, but I'm right. going to be. And he had a fantastic season. I think he had his best season as a Cowboy. But right now, that's not what fans are thinking about. They were already getting frustrated with him. So I think he needs to have a really good game just to quiet. I don't think it, it matters so much within the facility. But right. from a fan standpoint and like 
the noise from outside of the facility, it could get really ugly if he doesn't play well. Them haters is what you're saying. Yeah, them, uh, everybody got haters. Ooh, them haters. The question yeah. is, what are they going to do if if it's not Spencer Sanders? They don't have it. They don't have any, they don't have any other option. Yeah, he's right. the yeah. best option on the team. And as much as I would like to crap on Spencer Sanders, he did have some good football this year. He yeah. did play some good football. He played the game of his life against Oklahoma, and you know ruined our season and yeah. the next 24 hours you're welcome but yeah thank you um, <laughs> i mean we didn't honestly we didn't even get a chance to talk about that but i mean spencer sanders played a great game against oklahoma right. and he came into that week super confident that he was john this is the problem game. man he's got it in him and we yes. all know he does and yes. he just will not freaking do it on yeah. a week-to-week basis yeah. it's just the you know it's just the turnover capability sometimes right. it's like you know I think at times when he does realize, like, I can just manage the game, let my defense keep me in the game, get a lead, and then play the game, he, he does great, you know? Yeah. Now, I will and say – like, he, he, he ran into the Keanu Reeves and the replacements quicksand against Baylor, and he just couldn't dig himself out of it. And that was, that was the difficulty there. I mean, they almost did, actually. I will give him credit for that. They did almost pull that one off. Well, and we didn't have, you know, our starting center was out. The offensive line wasn't healthy. We didn't have Jalen. They Moore. haven't had a good line other in like issues. a little while. Yeah. And it was yeah. middle of the season when it, when I love Danny Godleski, our center. I adored him. I was very excited about watching him play this year. I like Josh Sills. We've lost both of them now. But the offensive line was at least competent in the middle of the season. To start the season, wasn't healthy. It was grotesque. To end the season wasn't healthy, grotesque. You know how offensive lines are. Like it's got yes. you got to have that chemistry. They have to. I'd rather them all just like live together, eat together. They go to the same <laughs> class. You all are one position. So that that definitely hurt uh, in the Big Twelve championship game since we couldn't score from the one yard line after. Seven. All right, <laughs> that's damn stuff. All right, real quick, we gotta <laughs> make some picks. Get out of here. Make way for the Wizards folks who are recording after us. So Linda, your pick for the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Sorry, Marcus Freeman, but go Pokes. All right, John, your pick for the Fiesta Bowl. I'm going to pick that the Fiesta Bowl goes back to the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl because that just sounds better. Uh, but I think I want to say Oklahoma State. Yes. I just We're don't not going to. I just I'm going to. So. I'm going to. I'm going to go with. And I, and I don't like the Irish. The Irish I'm are never the, coming no. back on this show. The Irish are the Texas Longhorns of the North, so I don't like picking them. Um, but they're going to pick. They're going to beat Oklahoma State. So. I'm going to go with Oklahoma in their game. I'm going to go with the under in Notre Dame and Oklahoma State. The under currently uh, over under on that one is da, 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 45 and a half. Wow, that's low. 45 and a half. I'll take the under uh, either way. Also take uh, Notre Dame to win that game. All right, everybody. We've got to give our social medias and ways to find the show. So Linda, you're up first. Well, first of all, I'm blocking both of you. So <laughs> the friendship's been good. Uh, oh. but you can find me on Twitter at Lindellians. Fantasy football content is almost over. But if you need a kicker for your week 17 championship game, hit me up. I will try to help you navigate those waters. Uh, you can find Locked on Pokes at Locked underscore on underscore Pokes on Twitter and Locked on Pokes on all your uh, listening apps. John. Yeah, it's uh, at John Nine Williams over on Twitter. At Locked On Sooners, Locked On Sooners podcast on Facebook. You can also read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the Sooners Wire. And uh, yeah, follow the show on YouTube as well. Locked On Sooners over there. Make sure you leave a reply, especially if you're a USC fan. I love all the impressions <laughs> that I'm getting from the USC folks right now about Caleb Williams. So keep it up. Thank you. You can find me on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You can find the show at LO Big 12. You can find the show 
in all the places you get your podcast. And also you can find us on YouTube. Please go subscribe, trying to up those subscribers. We got to chase John Williams down. Now John's running away with it. Got to go. Uh, yes, please subscribe. Make sure you guys leave comments as well. All right, friends. See you all next week. Talk some bowls and some playoffs as well.